Welcome to the Better Boundaries podcast brought to you by Utahns for a Responsive Government. My name is Katie Wright, and I'm the Executive Director of Better Boundaries and your host. Our goal is to keep you updated and informed throughout Utah's redistricting process. Today, for our ninth episode, we're going to do another recap. The process is gaining momentum, and a lot has happened since our last episode. So let's dive in. Part one, 196-page report, 700 pages of public input, and one new commissioner. As we reported last week, the remaining six commissioners unanimously voted in favor of 12 maps. They wanted to use the full week to refine maps and decided to reconvene Friday evening to again approve the maps and to vote for the accompanying report. Chair Facer and Executive Haight have been diligent to dot every I and cross every T to be sure their maps are given full consideration. On Friday afternoon, the commission reconvened to again approve the maps in the report. However, they made the decision to postpone the meeting until the next day. Why? Speaker Brad Wilson reversed course and made a very late in the game appointment to replace Rob Bishop, who resigned Monday. For more on that, I encourage you to listen to our last episode, which is only a quick six minutes called Rob Bishop Quick and 12 maps are unanimously approved. The appointment was made known during the meeting, so the commission took a break and decided to delay the vote. Again, they wanted to be sure to dot every I and cross every T. It is hard to conceive how a commissioner appointed on Friday could possibly learn about the laws that regulate redistricting, the criteria dictated in the state statute, view hours and hours of public meetings and map drawing, and read 700 pages of public input over one busy Halloween weekend. And yet, As the vote was delayed again until Sunday evening, the new commissioner um, felt informed enough to cast a vote. And he was the lone dissenting voice with the six tenured commissioners voting together. I think it is important to note that the six commissioners were appointed by three Republican lawmakers and by three Democrat lawmakers. They represent Republicans, independents, and Democrats and have worked cohesively. To quote Stanford professor, attorney, and redistricting expert Nathaniel Persily, who has been hired by the Independent Commission's legal team, I witnessed this process both online and during my visits to Utah to work personally with each of the commissioners and map drawing teams. The UIRC commissioners and staff exhibited a level of camaraderie, competence, professionalism, and dedication that is rarely seen among bipartisan map drawing entities. Politics aside, Sunday evening, we had our vote, 6-1. What exactly did they vote on? The final submission includes 12 maps, three each for Congress, State Senate, State House, and State School Board. It includes a 196-page report and a supplemental document of 700 pages of public input. Which brings us to part two. Part two, the one and only meeting of the Independent Commission and Legislative Redistricting Committee. On Monday, November 1st, the Independent Redistricting Commission presented their maps to the Legislative Legislative Redistricting Committee. I arrived early and found the room packed. They opened up an overflow room, and as the meeting convened, the number of people tuning in via live stream leaped from 45 to 66 and onward, topping out at 130 people online. The commission began their presentation by focusing on their methods. 
we've discussed the differences between the committee's process and the commission's process throughout the podcast. But what Chair Rex Facer made abundantly clear is that they focused on transparency. Said Chair Facer, we have drawn maps in a very transparent way with such efforts unseen with independent commissions throughout the country. And indeed, as I've heard in meetings and read in their report, national experts are watching Utah and are impressed with their innovative ways of ensuring transparency. These include using bipartisan mapping teams, live streaming and recording all mapping sessions, and making maps available in draft form for public input. We know because they've told us that the Legislative Redistricting Committee is also drafting and considering maps. The public has not seen those maps. They have said they will release them later this week prior to their next meeting on November 8th. But regardless, we cannot ever know why a line was drawn here or there as that has been done behind closed doors. The second point the commission made was the apolitical nonpartisan effort of their work. Said Commissioner Bill Thorne, we had bipartisan teams and we did it in the public view. I think that meets the goal of drawing fair maps in a fair manner. I've already discussed how the map drawing teams were intentionally mixed with Republican and Democrat appointees. This differs dramatically from what we've seen in other states and is likely a large reason why the mapping teams did not break apart on partisan lines. Additionally, the commission never had access or use of any partisan or incumbent data. The Legislative Redistricting Committee has made it clear that they are using and considering incumbency data. The Independent Redistricting Commission went a step further to assure political neutrality. It included third-party analysis of all of their maps, inserted after maps are approved to insulate the commissioners from partisan data. This analysis assures that their maps reflect the political makeup of Utah. Indeed, Princeton gerrymandering gave their maps all A's and one B on partisan fairness. I'm going to pause here and address a line of questioning from Legislative Redistricting Committee co-chair, Senator Sandal. He asserted that because the commission recommended a map drawn by a member of the public, that it has political bias. However, this misses a larger point. The map scores an A on political fairness and the commissioners never had access to any partisan data related to that map or any other map. It does not, this map, favor or disfavor exactly as the criteria requires. I look forward to seeing how the legislative maps score. The final and very important point the commission made in their presentation was the importance of keeping cities and counties intact. This had been voiced over and over by Utahns. And here we have agreement among the commissioners and lawmakers. Keeping cities, counties, and communities intact is preferred and it's common sense and it's easy to measure. However, when you keep city boundaries intact, you often end up with weird looking districts. What might look like a wild gerrymander to the average citizen might actually be the city boundary of say, Mill Creek. There was a line of questioning around a district that looked like a goat. It's easy to poke at funny looking districts, but the commission and the committee both acknowledge that compactness and city boundaries are often in conflict. As I mentioned earlier, the meeting was packed. Given two minutes per person, public comment was shut down due to time constraints. There was overwhelming support for an independent process with transparency, an apolitical approach often cited as reasons the process should be honored. 
a packed meeting isn't our only measure of how engaged Utahans are in the redistricting process. We know from looking at other states that our state is drawing maps, commenting maps, and digging in in record-breaking numbers, just to compare with a few of our numbers, our neighbors. For example, in Colorado, which has a binding independent commission, 150 maps were submitted and they had 2,000 comments. Colorado's population, 5.7 million. In comparison, Utah submitted 1,000 community of interest maps and had 2,000 comments on draft maps. Our population, closer to 3.3. In Arizona, population 7.1 million. They had 900 maps submitted and 1,300 public comments. Utahans are deeply, overwhelmingly, and record-breakingly engaged in this complex process. November 1st meeting adjourned with an announcement that the Legislative Redistricting Committee will meet again on Monday, November 8th at 3 p.m. at the Capitol's House Building and via online streaming. Co-chairs Senator Sandal and Representative Ray have indicated that the maps they have been working on will be released later this week. As I said at the top of the episode, this has been a busy week in Utah's redistricting. To summarize, the Independent Commission has delivered 12 maps, approved 6-1 to the Legislative Redistricting Committee. The 196-page report is data-rich and includes a 600-page supplement of public input. The Commission's work is notable, particularly in the areas of transparency, political fairness, and attention to criteria such as keeping cities, counties, and communities intact. The public is deeply engaged in the independent process and supportive of it. Lawmakers are drawing maps too, using incumbent data. On Monday, they will convene and we have an opportunity to hear what they will recommend to the legislature. To close, I'd like to quote the two judges serving on the Independent Redistricting Commission. First, Christine Durham, retired judge, Utah State Supreme Court. The process we used and the quality of maps in terms of national assessments suggests that we have developed a model which ought to have some influence going forward. And retired judge William Thorne, Utah State Court of Appeal. Bipartisanship is possible, fair maps are possible, and our maps are an example of doing that. I'm Katie Wright, your host and executive director of Better Boundaries Utah. Visit our website, betterboundaries.org, for more information about Utah's redistricting process.